the mysterious disappearance of a 30-year-old mother has captivated residents of central Pennsylvania for over three decades. With potential connections to other unsolved crimes, a history of allegations made by local residents, and no new information from the Attorney General's office since they took over the case in 2018, small-town theories, conspiracies, and suspicions continue to run rampant today. This is the cold case of Barbara Miller. About last night, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to About Last Night. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice, with Francis Scarcella, reporter from The Daily Item. Here's what we know so far. Barbara Miller disappeared on June 30, 1989, after attending her best friend's wedding. She was reported missing five days later by her ex-boyfriend and lead suspect, Mike Egan. The case had gone cold by the time Sunbury detective Deg Stark reopened it in 2002. Stark conducted numerous searches that, as far as the public knows, led nowhere. Stark retired in 2005 and the case went cold again, until a contractor working in Lithia Springs found bones buried under a house that was previously owned by Mike Egan. After examination, the bones were determined to be cow remains and the case went cold yet again. After almost 26 years of investigations that led to dead end after dead end, Tim Miller was hired as the new Sunbury Police Chief in 2016 and reopened the investigation into the disappearance of Barbara Miller. So after almost 26 years that Barbara Miller went missing, Former Sunbury Police Chief Tim Miller is hired in, what year was it? 2016? Yeah. Um, So he takes over, he reopens this investigation. Do you know what led him to reopen it? Was there like something specific? Me. (laughs) Uh, So quite frankly, what I did was I continued to, I went after every police chief that was here. So every single uh, police chief for the last 12 years, I had constantly semi-harassed about opening the case. And with a lot of things going on in the department at the time, a smaller department, it was really hard for them to do. But I was ruthless in my efforts of getting it started. And every other day I would call and say, hey, did you look at that Barb Miller case? Hey, did you look at that Barb Miller case? And finally he said, all right, enough, I'll look at it. And then he kind of got hooked, and one thing led to another, and, it, and the investigation really started. Chief Miller, who is not related to Barbara Miller, discovered the tip that police had received in 2009, suggesting that Miller's remains may be buried on the Milton property. The residence was previously owned by the late judge Samuel Rank and lived in by Kathy Reichenbach, sister to Mike Egan. Reichenbach had been charged with 10 felony drug counts in 1992, Following a plea agreement, this was lessened to only two. Reichenbach ended up sentenced to five years probation and $900 in restitution. She left the Milton residence in 2009. Chief Miller requested a search warrant for the residence. Based on the tip, he believed that Barbara Miller's remains would be either buried in the basement or inside of a wall in the home. The residence was officially searched in June 2016 
contractors spent a week digging up tons of soil and removing walls from the home. Tim Miller was the first person that finally got approval to search Kathy Reichenbach's former home, the house in Milton that we've talked about over and over again. Do you know what led them to finally approve this? I mean, I wasn't privy to the police investigation, but I do know that uh, they had gotten a warrant. And according to the search warrant, there was enough information uh, to lead police to believe that uh, there was uh, people hanging out there all the time. There was various, you know, drugs coming in and out of there. And uh, I'd had them also lead that there was an extension put on the house uh, during around the same time that Barb Miller went missing. Uh, that was all in uh, court documents. So uh, I believe that had a lot to do with them going to that property. So the house was officially, finally searched in June of 2016. Now this search lasted how long? You were there, you were on the scene, right? Uh, about five days, yeah. Originally it was supposed to be a one day and it was kind of like a TV show. So uh, us here at the Daily Item decided that we were going to do, uh, at that time it was just starting to become popular, uh, Facebook Live. And it was kind of like a TV show that went on and it would start every morning and it would end every night. And I think they got uh, more involved than they thought it was going to be. And it just was every day. And it was in the middle of the summer. So it was, uh, you know, 100 degrees outside. But we would log in at around 8 o'clock. And you'd see the just the numbers continuously go up. And there was people watching from all over the world. And it was honestly like a, like a live drama show. And the comments were coming in, and, and everybody just wanted to see what was going on. And in all reality, you couldn't really see anything. Uh, they had, you know, there was media everywhere, and there was, uh, you know, bystanders everywhere. Uh, and we just had the camera set up, and, and it, it was just a constant flooding of questions and comments and people asking questions. And you would hear the sounds of drilling and the sounds of heavy equipment. Uh, and then... On day three, I believe it was, uh, they came out of nowhere with a huge, like, excavator-type backhoe. And they were starting to dig into a basement. And then, again, you'd have, you know, 500 people on, 1,000 people on. I think the most was, like, 6,000 or 7,000 people that were on at one time. It was just, it was crazy to see. And what were they, like, pulling out of the house during this time? Like, what were you seeing them come out with? So you weren't really seeing them come out with anything. The only thing I did see uh, was when they brought in the cadaver dogs. And when the cadaver dogs came in, uh, you'd hear them. You, you know, you, you can hear when they started. And I thought that was odd. And, and the, uh, the guy, it was from the Pennsylvania State, one of those commissions that, you know, that, that has the dogs. And as he was leaving, I kind of broke away from everybody else that was there. And I walked over as he was walking one of the dogs up and I said, Hey, I said, find anything. And he looked over and kind of chuckled and said, well, I couldn't tell you anyway. He said, but I will tell you this. And I said, what's that? And he said, do you see this guy? And he pointed down at the dog. He said, he never misses. Doug jumped up, jumped in the front seat like he was a passenger. The guy walked around the other side, and away they went. So I found that to be very strange. So I pressed police on that and said, hey, you know, what's what's going on here? What's what's the deal? And, uh, again, it was all sealed search warrants from that point. So 
I'm not sure what's in those is still, they're still sealed to this point. So you don't know, I mean, it's still not released if they found anything at the house, if they found something, what it was, if it was related to the case, like we still don't know that. Well, what's funny is that uh, on maybe day four of the search, they pulled out an enormous piece of cement that looked like a tomb. So right away we have it on live and I mean, that's it. People are going, you know, ballistic on, on what they found and when what's there and this is her and this is her. And when they lifted it out, it literally looked like a tomb of cement. Uh, and then, then they put up sheets and everything got blocked off and we couldn't even see. And then before you know it, that was gone. And this, everything kind of started to come to a halt and, one by one, people would leave. The coroner was there. The district attorney was there. There was a lot of uh, higher-up people there. The FBI was there at one point. There's a lot of higher people that were there. And then magically, one by one, they just start leaving. And then by the end of the day, it was over. And when I called to get an update, there was really no updates to be given other than the search had been concluded. So me being part of the media... I'm like, you know, what the hell? This is all we're going to get? I mean, you have people that are dying to see what's going on here, and, and that's all we're going to get. And the answer was yes, that's all we were going to get. We'll be back after this. At Sunbury Motor Company, the letters SMC mean a lot to us. Those letters stand for a tradition of trust since 1915. SMC. Stand for selling more cars. And satisfying more customers. SMC. It stands for Sunbury Motor Company. And when you need a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia, you have our lowest price promise. Log on to sunburymotors.com to see more choices and save more cash. And then you can say, start my car. I'll take it. SMC. In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. In the same year, Chief Miller and his team also searched the former residence of Barbara Miller. Police did not reveal what they were looking for in this search, nor what they found. They only said that they removed several items. So after the search of the Milton home, Tim Miller also researches the former home of Barbara Miller. Do you know why this occurred? Was it just, I mean, this house has been searched like how many times now by how many different police teams? So what, what leads them back to this house yet again? Again, all sealed. All I know is that we got a phone call from a neighboring residence that said, hey, there's police all over down here. We go down. It was a uh, middle of the night search, about nine ten o'clock at night. They were down there. Uh, spotlights were on. There was state police forensics there. And you can see inside the house, and you can just see the lights moving around. Uh, at that point, nobody was living in the house. And my understanding was, going through court records, is that there was very few people that lived in that house since Barb Miller. The day after they searched Barbara Miller's home, the same team traveled to a pond outside of Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. The team found and removed a large container, but would not reveal what was inside of it. They only suggested that they had found what they were looking for. So the day after they research her house, they travel to a pond that was outside of Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Tell us about that. Another uh, hidden search that happened out of nowhere that was uh, early morning. Passerby start seeing activity around the pond. Uh, funnily enough, it's 
It's less than a mile from where uh, Ricky Wolf was discovered dead uh, through uh, the murder of Ricky Wolf and, and all of those people who were arrested. Mm-hmm. Less than a mile away. So, but we get a call that there's uh, a lot of traffic, a lot of police activity. So, we run out there and uh, we see that there's divers, uh, there's people on little pontoons out there, uh, and they're pulling out what looked appeared to be a barrel when they pulled out. The Northumberland County Coroner was there, uh, and what it looked to be like there was a barrel they pulled out. Again, all sealed. I, I don't even know if there was search warrants. That's it's, it's all stuff that's still sealed to this day. In 2017, police reported that all evidence that they had uncovered in their searches in the prior year was being tested by world-renowned forensic scientists Dr. Henry Lee and Dr. William Bass. Bass founded the Body Farm and is well known for his research on human decomposition. Lee has worked on various high-profile investigations, including that of O.J. Simpson. Sunbury Police were headed to Connecticut to meet with Dr. Henry Lee. And tell us why this name is so important. Dr. Henry Lee is a world-renowned forensic guy who uh, testified in many, many, many high-profile trials. O.J. Simpson. uh, Many, many, many. But one of the biggest ones would have been O.J. Simpson. So he finds the least amount possible of DNA and then he can test it and break it down and and I am so unfamiliar with all of how that works but he's not and he's uh and he's the best and he teaches it in Connecticut and they were they were actually met with Henry Lee so the only reason why to go meet with him is because you had found something right they weren't going up there just to say hello Mm mm-hmm but I never saw the reports. I don't know. It's all sealed. So we don't know what, to this day, we still don't know what those conversations were or, or how that went. And now a quick word from our sponsors. The America's Hose Company has been serving Sunbury and the surrounding community since 1893. Today, they respond to emergencies with multiple ambulance crews and a tower within the Sunbury Fire Department. Their social club is a hot spot for many Sunbury locals looking for a relaxed environment and a home-cooked meal after a long day on the job. Their menu offers the classics along with a new special every day at an affordable price for the whole family. Come and enjoy yourself for good food, good drinks, and good friends. Police revealed that wood chips were found inside the wall that was removed from the home in Milton. The concrete walls consisted of wood chips and other unexplained materials. In September 2017, police removed potential evidence from a creek outside of Montandon, Pennsylvania. Once again, they would not reveal what they had found. Another one of those hidden searches that police do that, uh, unfortunately in this day and age, Years ago, it was a lot different. Now, I mean, somebody passes by and sees a cop, they're calling the media, they're calling their neighbors, they're calling their friends, they're calling everybody. So, again, we go out there, and that one was a little harder access to because it was on private land, I believe. So, we couldn't really get there, but another instance where where they're, they're doing more searching. 
In 2018, police received an anonymous letter that claimed the Barbara Miller missing persons case was linked to the Ricky Wolf homicide that occurred three years prior to Miller's disappearance and drug trafficking that occurred at the Milton home. Police claimed that the letter did not provide them any new information, but they asked the author to come forward to discuss the situation further. If the author ever came forward, it was not released to the public. They were searching to see who sent it to come in and speak, so. Did they ever find who, who sent the letter? You don't know? We don't know. I mean, I don't know, but I do know that we, I had done a, uh, a couple of different various articles on the fact police were searching for the person who authored the letter to come forward. And uh, whether that happened or not, I don't know. And, and at this point, it would be, you know, a state police issue. After almost 30 years of local authorities' efforts to find Barbara Miller, in 2018, the case was turned over to the Attorney General. Northumberland County Judge Charles Saylor requested that the AG office step in and would make no further comment on this decision. They went to somewhere that has, the, you know, I don't want to say unlimited resources, but a lot more resources at their fingertips than, than, a, than a small department would have. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you've got to remember with these small departments, uh, I don't think people would say forget it and don't investigate the case, but I think people say, hey, it's 30 years ago, we don't have the, the resources or the manpower, and we don't want to raise taxes. So a case like this could, could really collapse a city if you spent your resource, resources on it. So I know years ago they had gotten various grants of cold case grants to go out and 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 you know spend the money for the various investigators times and and again you know it's just like anything else they're they're it's their profession they want to get paid they want to work so it, it's very costly whereas with the with the you know state attorney general's office or even the federal government they kind of have unlimited resources in a way uh not money-wise, but as far as, as manpower, they can dedicate somebody to this for a while. And, and I, th I think it's gone through so many hands, but you know what I mean? Like there's just, mm -hmm. it's just a different, it's a different breed of, of uh, law enforcement. We'll be right back. Chris Reese is not your average insurance agent. He's your neighbor. He's a coach for your child's sports team. He is the loyal customer of your local small business. Chris Reese is an insurance agent who wants to support you as well as your community. He wants to help protect you from the risks of everyday life while also helping you realize your dreams. Offering personal and small business insurance as well as financial services, Chris Reese, State Farm Insurance Agent. For more information, call 570-495-4556 or email chris at sunburyinsurance.com. After three years of silence, the Attorney General's office made a statement in January of 2022 that the investigation was ongoing, but they would not release any information. This statement leaves invested locals as well as Miller's friends and family members with many questions, but they are hopeful for answers nonetheless. So since the Attorney General took over the case in 2018, what has happened in the past four years? Well, then it gets even worse than state police because then you're getting nothing. Right. I mean, that's now it's on lock and key. Now it's shut down. Now you don't know a thing. 
Mm-hmm. And they're like stealth mode. I mean, they move in the middle of the night. And they move anytime they want. And, and you'll never know. You'll never know unless somebody were to call in and give various tips. And we've got them where people said, hey, you know, I spoke to this person, blah, blah, blah. Does it mean it's true? I don't know. So, you know, you can only take it at face value and then, hey, don't use my name. You know, you get all of those too. And we don't. So, because we don't even know if it's true. So, all we can do is continuously ask the questions and find out. After years of investigations, digging up floors, removing basement walls, and recovering potential evidence from a pond, the people have no DNA test results and they have no answers. Which leaves everyone wondering, what happened? Did the pandemic drastically slow down any progress? Or does the AG have answers that they aren't yet revealing? Thank you for listening to this episode. Stay tuned because this Friday in two days, we have a bonus episode coming. This episode will include exclusive information that has not been printed or reported on by any other media. Don't miss it. Produced by Harv Productions, LLC.